Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shepska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! It's noon on Wednesday, March 9th, and this is news that you can use from YAA with, well, your hosts, Ray, and the F&I goddess herself, Miss Kimberly Klein, today. Hello. Hello Hello there, Kimberly. How are you today? Well, I'm, you know, the pumps. Let's just talk about the pumps. Uh, Oh, 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 oh my God. Um, I, I assume we're talking... The gas pump, as opposed to the only other type of pump that I can think of offhand. Um, yes, the yes. gas pumps. Oh, okay, good. The gas, the gas ones. Okay. What yes. the heck, Ray? What the heck? Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm planning a trip to meet up with my buddy Chip, who's the uh, buyer for a large group in this area, and. We're planning on meeting in the Annapolis area because it's like halfway between where I am and where he lives. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that lunch with Chip just got significantly more expensive because I have to drive, you know, uh, close to 100 miles round trip, uh, which is which will be about three gallons of gasoline. Um, And then knowing me, I'll have to I'll have to treat that cheap son of a gun to, to lunch to lunch yeah, yeah for sure so all of a sudden it feels like we have to start really planning everything that we do and when it involves going somewhere i mean yes prices are going up on everything but you know putting the gasoline in your car um you really need to sit down and and calculate it out and maybe cut down on some trips and he was but, he, he was telling me that that um he went the other day, I think he said on Sunday, he went to Sam's Club to fill his wife's pickup truck up, which he now has uh, regrets about having purchased a pickup truck for her. But they, mm-hmm. they live on a farm and they and they have horses and stuff like that, so he needs a pickup truck. But it, it, it ran him $96 at, at Sam's Club Ouch. to fill that up. And and that was Sunday. If if he if he has to wait till this coming Sunday, it's going to be over a hundred bucks because just in the last week, when when I was looking at the stats from uh, AAA, gas nationally over the last week has gone up yeah. about sixty cents a gallon, and yesterday alone it went up eight cents a gallon. Which broke records from 2008 of a national average of four dollars and eleven cents. Yeah, we're up so, to four twenty-five now. Yeah, so we've gone well beyond that. Now, Ray, I know that I'm only—I don't know—a year or two younger than you, but um, I do remember the '70s. I remember. I, re- I, remember-, I remember the '70s vividly. <laughs> I love the 70s. <laughs> I still have clothes from the I love the 70s. But I will tell you that my dad, today's his birthday. Happy birthday up there, dad. Um, I remember he bought a 1970 Dodge Charger right off the showroom lot. Dark green, white vinyl top. Ooh, flip I re- headlights with a 440 under the hood. Mm. And so that's what I got to learn to drive in. Um 
But you know, I was looking looking this up. Do you know how much gasoline was in 1970, Ray? Uh, I'm going to guess it was about 25 or 30 cents a gallon. It if was I... 30. Yeah, if you remember, 36 cents a gallon, which would equate to $2.52 in today's money. Um, but wow, we've come a long way. Now, that charger got nine miles to the gallon. But I do remember in the 70s when the prices started going up um, that we we did what we're doing now. We stopped. We looked at the trips. I can remember my mom and dad saying, you know, we might not make it to the beach this year. Um, we're not going to be doing so much running around town. We're going to really cut back on that. So I feel that's what people are probably doing now. And, and, and I remember back then that... Um if you needed to get gas, um, it, it was all based on the last digit in your license plate, whether it was an odd number or an even number, because we had odd days and even days for being able to fill up your gas. If you needed to fill your gas and your and it was an odd day, but your plate was an even number, you weren't allowed to get gas. Um, it was just, I, it was crazy. And the lines were miles yeah. long um but that's because at that time there was an oil embargo uh this is different um yep. and 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 i've got to believe and this is just me i i you know i i i don't have uh, necessarily inside sources but just looking at the record profits that the major oil companies made last year all-time record profits uh-huh that it would seem that uh, part of what's going on with gas prices is that these oil companies have just decided, uh, well, we're just going to keep making record profits. We're just going to keep we'll, we'll raise the cost of gasoline and diesel fuel uh, more so than what the cost of producing it might have gone up. If the cost of producing it went up 10 percent, we're going to raise the prices 15 percent. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if if they really wanted to help the American consumer, and I'm sure they don't, but if they wanted to, um, you know, they could eat some of the increase in in expense and always just pass it on to the consumer. Now, I yeah. understand capitalism and I understand that that they owe it to the stakeholders and the stockholders um, to, to always fight for as much profit as they can get. Mm -hmm. But there are times that I think, um, I, I think in, in the hospital or medical industry, they call it compassionate care. Mm -hmm. um, so I think there are times for our largest corporations that are making a killing to, uh, to have some compassion on the consumers on whose backs they're making all this money. Amen. <laughs> you are absolutely right. I wish they had, there was the Compassionate Care Act for oil companies. For for any company that's out there that 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 raises prices at a higher rate than what the cost of of producing those goods has gone up. Uh, yes. You know, if if the cost has gone up two percent. Um, to for them, uh, it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that that should translate into a three or four or five percent increase mm -hmm. on to the ultimate consumer. Um, 
there could just be an equilibrium. If it goes up 2%, then, then the retail side of it goes up 2%. And they're still making the same profit margin they were making before. Exactly. It, yeah, it doesn't have to be, well, it went up 2% and we're going to charge the consumers 5% and our profit margin just grew by 3%. It, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, but apparently uh, they choose to make it that way. And, you know, this, these are some tough times that everybody in this country is going to go through. Yes. Um, you know, it, it, it's just difficult for... It's difficult for the average individual, and I don't think of myself as anything other than average or slightly below average. Um, and and I know, you know, I'm I'm a single guy. I I don't have a tremendous amount of expenses, but I, I I'm reconsidering everything. You know, yes. I, I'm I'm thinking to myself, damn. I wish I hadn't decided months ago that I was going to remodel my kitchen. Um, at my condo at the shore and I can't stop the process now because, well, the damn cabinets are done and they're ready to ship them to me. Um, yeah, you're in it now, Ray, <laughs> you are in it now, but you know, through the dealer, through dealership years, you and I have been through a lot of these where, um, and I don't know, let's talk about this for a minute where um, people are trading in, gas guzzlers for smaller cars and then mm -hmm. when everything softens up they're trading in the smaller cars for the gas we've been through this several times yeah people have really short memories um <laughs> they do don't they yes. yeah. yeah yeah and 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 they think they think they they forget that everything is cyclical and and so when there's a downturn in prices Okay, so they go, well, I don't care about gas mileage. And then when prices go way up on gas, well, all of a sudden they care about gas prices. And it's like everybody needs to do their due diligence and try and figure out that that what whatever the price is today isn't necessarily that's what the price is going to be two years from now yeah. when you're still paying for this uh, this gargantuan truck or SUV that you're driving. If you... I understand it if you for work or you're in the construction field or whatever it is, and you absolutely positively have to have one of these big ass trucks. Yeah. Um, you know, I get that. But if you just like, you know, you're just a, a, a husband and wife and, but you decided, well, you have to have that Hemi engine Dodge pickup <laughs> yeah. truck, uh, you know, and, and your idea of needing that, that six or eight foot bed is well, I go to Costco once every two weeks, you know, maybe, maybe you can not. get by with something that, that gets a little better gas mileage. Exactly. I, exactly. And I remember whenever people were trading in the gas, whenever we were going through one of those cycles and um, boy, we just got to the point where we weren't giving hard, we weren't given hardly anything for those trade-ins. They just sit. Nobody's going to buy them. Why does the dealership want them? We don't want your trade. If you can imagine that. Yeah. Um, and then it would turn right around and, and be the opposite. But I do think this is different. I mean, this is different and deaf fluid. I did read a, um, a short blurb yesterday. I think deaf fluid in the diesels comes from Russia, I believe. Wow. Um, you know, so I, yeah, I do see the differences. I'm not so naive to realize this is maybe this isn't like one of those this is mm -hmm. a little different 
Well, I know but, I, I had I had a conversation with my friend Chip yesterday, yeah, and the group that he's with, and I said, well, "What are you doing with trucks?" He said, uh, "You know," um, I said, "How are you guys looking at them when you appraise them?" He said, "Well, we're we're putting in for like the the car offers, um, and and what." whatever the car offer is, is what they're offering the people. So, cause they're not planning on the dealerships aren't planning on necessarily keeping the trucks right now because mm -hmm. they know what's going to happen. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I just remember every time we've been through this, the only way a dealer could afford to trade a vehicle like that was to trade it so far below what market value allegedly was uh -huh. so that they could make it appealing. Um, to the next customer by saying, okay, look how, look how so far below market value you can buy it at. If normally you would have paid $40,000 for it, but you could get it for 20,000, then you can, you could still afford the gas. Um, and, and that was the only way we could ever justify trading this, especially at the mini dealership. I mean, you know, most of the cars we were selling, these people fit inside the bed of those trucks. It right, was, right. You know, and 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 people weren't when if they needed a truck, they weren't saying to themselves, "Well, I think I'll go to the mini dealer for a full size pickup <laughs> yeah. truck." I mean, that's not the thought that would cross people's minds. That, no, you know. no, but you know, you got you and um, what's your son's name? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. You and Zach yesterday touched on something that I thought was a really kind of cool idea. And it's something I used to play with in the finance office. And that was a gas card. Wouldn't it be a great incentive by a manufacturer to provide a gas card? And when I would go over, um, you know, a menu with someone, mm -hmm. I would say, um, you know, if you choose column A, the only thing you have to do is put gas in your, in your vehicle. And so many people would say, do you have a gas card? That sure would be a great thing to put on the menu. But when you said that yesterday, I thought, what a great incentive for a manufacturer to put out um, well, a gas card. Again, yesterday when I was talking to Chip, um, you know, he, he, he said to me, well, you know, there's a lot of people that these things are all pre-sold. I go, well, no, they, they might have $500 deposits on them. But that doesn't mean the person with gas being what it is, is necessarily going to complete the Right. Um, and so if suddenly all these vehicles that you thought were going to be sold are no longer sold and they start to uh, stack up on the dealer's lots and the manufacturer sees that they start to stack up, they're going to have to come up with some creative ways um, uh, to encourage customers uh, to buy those vehicles with gas prices what they are. And mm -hmm. there's nothing that indicates that these gas prices are going to stabilize or go down uh, anytime soon. Um, right. You know, th this war, uh, you know, from everything you read, could drag on for decades. Yeah. Um, and and so that could have a significant impact on what goes on, uh, not just here in the United States, but but everywhere. And and there was a, a a note I saw in one of the comments today from one of our Canadian viewers. Mm -hmm. And he said, just so you know, he said, gas is 680 a gallon, uh, a U.S. gallon up here in, in Canada. So if you think it's high in the States, try coming to Canada. 
Um, and and Canada is a, a rather large oil producing country. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. I saw Justice, I think this was like two days ago, Justice put a picture of 579 somewhere in California. And I thought, wow, that's high. I'm sure it's higher than that today. Oh, I would imagine. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and in California, I'm sure there's, there's regions in California where it's approaching six or over $6 a gallon. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for, for the average person, that's, that's such a significant increase. It that, really is. That, that if, if people have to choose between food and gas, uh, my suspicion is they'll, hopefully they'll choose the food over the gas, but you never know. You just... I mean, we've had to make these choices before in the past. And as you say, people do tend to forget we have been through something like this before. Um, but let me see. Let's why don't we jump over to the service side of things? Because I, you brought you brought something up that I found fascinating. Uh, well, it, it, our, our dear friends at J.D. Power, uh, they do they do sales and service satisfaction surveys every year. And uh, in their customer service index study that they they recently completed, um, Lexus bless their hearts, um, regained the number one spot amongst luxury cars for customer service satisfaction. Yeah. Um, and, and on the luxury side, I, you know, I'm not like my son in the sense that I know how to share a screen, but uh -huh. I did figure out how to print the paper. <laughs> Excellent. And I've got it here in front of me too, to help out. That's um, great. That's great. And, and, and so I, I printed it up so that I could refer to it. Now, the scale that J.D. Powers uses is a scale up to 1,000. Thousand like 1,000 points, right? Yes, 1,000 points. And the, and the industry average for luxury brands um, is 866 points. There are only five brands that scored above that. Out of all the uh, all the luxury brands, uh, Lexus scored eight hundred ninety seven points. They were number one. Um, and then let me let me clarify. So this is for customer service satisfaction. Satisfaction. Yes. Okay. And so Lexus was eight hundred ninety seven points, which would put who number two? Well, surprisingly, it's Cadillac. Yes, Cadillac was number two, and and number three, if you'd be so kind, was well. It looks like Porsche got knocked yeah. down a peg or two. Uh, two actually, because yeah. Porsche Porsche was number one the year before, um, and then rounding out the top five were Acura at eight hundred seventy-one points out of a possible thousand points, and BMW at eight sixty-six. So BMW was right at the right at the segment average for luxury car brands. Um, believe it or not, at the very bottom, well, I think yeah. people might believe this, um, a car I was thinking about. I was going to say, that's something <laughs> that you have talked about here recently. Yeah, well, what can I tell you? Um, Alfa Romeo. Ah! Um, yes, a fine Stellantis product. Um, <laughs> yeah. Alfa Romeo. At, at the bottom of the luxury brands, um, 
after BMW was Audi, Infiniti, Jaguar, Lincoln, Volvo, Mercedes Benz was way down, Genesis, way down. Land Rover, which is understandable, and Alfa Romeo. Yeah. Um, now, having said all that, if I remember correctly, this was all these studies. This study was based on responses from over 67,000 verified registered owners and lessees um, yes. of 2019 to 2021 model year vehicles. And this was done uh, from July through December of last year. Um, and there were five weighted areas, because I did pick up on this, service quality, uh -huh. service advisor, um, vehicle pickup, the facility itself, and service initiation. Now, so when, five when, things. Yeah, when they talk service initiation, yeah. I know one of the things when I worked at the uh, at for the Penske organization in North Scottsdale at our Acura North Scottsdale store. One of the things that 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 store used to get dinged on was uh, time it took to be greeted when you came in for service in the morning. Well, that was because we had three service writers. And many, many more customers coming in uh, from, say, 8 to 9 in the morning or, uh -huh. or 7.30 to, to 9 in the morning. And it, economically, it didn't make sense to hire part-time people just to have them there from, from, say, 7.30 to 9.30 in the mornings to help alleviate that. Um, so there was this guy, a short, fat, balding guy, who was the new car manager at that store, who, who came up with the idea that whoever was on the morning shift from the sales department, be it the manager that was on duty and whatever salespeople were on duty, they would work the service drive mm -hmm. from 8 to 9.30 every morning. To because the truth be told, in all the years I was there, it was never like we sold a car between eight and nine in the morning. Exactly. We, we, we were always there, but you never sold it because you never had a customer between right. eight and nine in the morning. So what we did as a team every morning is we worked the service drive. We would mm -hmm. greet the service customers as they came in to, to help them get greeted in a timely fashion, to help get things set up. And our, our, our scores went up dramatically once we did that, and our overall scores were above the national average for our dealership, and it didn't cost us a penny mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think that's great. I think it's great. And, you know, um, part of the complaint today is lack of staff. You know, we're finding people aren't working in a lot of different sectors and the service department is one of them getting people back in. But something that I saw that I do like and you and I have seen these changes being made over the years, and that is communications with the customer. I get a text. Hey, Miss Klein, your, your car's ready. Um, valet services, um, shuttle services. They, they all make a difference. Video. I like this one. Photos and videos. I can, I can tell you the last time I took my mini in for service and I, and I, I happened to know the, the tech 
because hell, I worked with them for seven or eight years. <laughs> yeah. But but what they do at the mini store is literally the as technician does a video from his cell phone and then sends that to you so that you can you can see visually what they're seeing as you know like if he says there's a tear in the uh, in the in the boot for um, the uh, rack and pinion steering they can actually show you in the video that there really isn't so you know that they're not just trying to sell you something to sell you something um and I, I found that to be um, just a wonderful way of communicating with the for the tech to be able to communicate with I the customer. Know. Yes. I love that. I and think that's really good. I, I, I think dealerships are learning that they they have to think out of, outside of the box. Yes. And, absolutely. and that's, that's one of the ways to do it. Now, also on the mass market brands. Mass market brands. Who's first? Do tell. I can't wait to find out. Who's first in mass market brands? On oh, I, I don't. I, I don't know. It's a small little company. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. It's not Alfa Romeo. Okay. Uh, who is it? Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a mini automobile. Ma it's oh, mini. It's mini. <laughs> That's mini. so great. I love that. So yep. mini was number one in the mass auto yeah, market. mass mass market brands. Mini was number one at eight hundred and seventy three points out of a possible thousand, um, and there were nine brands that that ranked above the segment average, and the segment average was eight forty four. Um, and I was I literally uh, I was surprised that out of the nine, mm -hmm. um, that three of the nine were actually domestic brands. Yeah. And and those three were all from the same um, manufacturer, overall manufacturer. Overall, so, yeah. Yes. So number two was, if you'd be so kind. It was Buick, you guys. Number two was Buick. So you can see that that whether it be luxury brands or mass market brands, that the General Motors brands, because on the luxury side was Cadillac was number two. Right. Um, and on the mass market side, it's Buick. So apparently uh, the General Motors brands are doing a much better job of creating a satisfactory service experience for their customers than a lot of other brands are. Um, so... So why don't you um, run down the, the top, and then I'll do the bottom. Okay. Number three was Mazda, um, which I, I think is one of the finest value vehicles out there today. Me too. Um, Me too. You get a lot, of, a lot of vehicle for the money. Yeah. Um, number four surprised the hell out of me, honestly. Me too. Although I know they make a good vehicle, but people don't necessarily think of them in those they terms. They don't. And that was Mitsubishi. Um, so... You, out, out of the top three, out of the top four, uh, two were Asian brands. One was a German brand, even though Mini's considered an English brand. It is owned by BMW. Um, uh -huh. So I would classify that as a German or European brand. And and you had one American brand, um, Buick. And then the next two, I'll let you handle because they, they, they just surprised the hell out of me. They really did. Chevrolet and Subaru? Well, no, GMC and Chevrolet. Oh, I missed GMC. Sorry. Yeah, GMC, yeah. Chevrolet. Right. GMC, Chevrolet, and then Subaru. Yes. I mean, 
Do you, did GMC surprise you? Well, I, I just, yeah, to a degree. Um, I, I mean, I just, I, I just don't, I don't necessarily think of General Motors as being a as quality as a product um, as other brands, but apparently, I am wrong. Okay, um, you know, I've never thought, for instance, highly of of Chrysler or Dodge or Jeep or things like that. I've I've known they've always had some quality issues, but yeah. But this is customer service. Sa customer service and satisfaction. Yeah. And, and uh, it, just, it just surprised me that, that maybe GM is doing a really good job of, of training the dealers. Yeah. As to, how to, as to how to handle customers. I so agree. I, I think that could be part of it. And, and then you the, the last two in the top nine were Nissan and Toyota. And conspicuous by their absence in that group um, was Honda. Honda did yes. not make it in the top nine, which Isn't is surprising. That interesting. It is surprising. No, and, I agree. And if we remember what was at the bottom of the barrel on the luxury side was a Stellantis product, which was Alfa Romeo. And once again, at the bottom of the category is another Stellantis product, which is Chrysler. At, yeah. at a score of 808. Yes, does not surprise me one bit. Not one bit. There's one on the bottom that does surprise me. Which was? Volkswagen. Yeah, I'm, that's kind of surprising that they, I mean, they, they ranked below Kia and Jeep. And yeah. that, that was surprising. But, but maybe, maybe they just don't do um, that good of a job from a manufacturer's perspective of training, training the staff at the dealerships as to how to handle their customers when they come in for service. Yep. I agree. So, I agree. Yeah. Um, Dodge, Ford, Ram, Honda, Jeep, Kia, Volkswagen, Hyundai, Chrysler are your the, bottom. Yep. And, and so there, there were some surprises in there, at least in my mind as to uh, how some of the brands are doing when it comes to taking care of their customers on the service side of things. And there's still lots that stores could do to improve communication between their service advisors, their techs, and their customers, I believe. Absolutely. Yeah. I do, too. I but do too. At, at least we know it's happening. It is happening. Yes. Let's hope we continue to have the vehicles to be serviced. Yeah. Well, let's hope that that could be a topic for tomorrow's show. <laughs> yes, and tomorrow. God knows what will happen between now and then. Well, oh believe my. it or not, Kimberly, we have we have killed 30 plus minutes of, of our audience's time. Thank and you, of, audience. And, and of our own time. I, I want to thank you for filling in for Zach, who's busy with a board meeting today. Um, and so he left you and I to our devices to come up with our own show for today. And well, just between you and me, I think we did pretty damn good. I think we did too. Let's yeah. not tell Zach. 
Yeah. Well, I want to thank you. I want to thank the audience out there. And I want to figure out how to hit the end broadcast button, which I'll do in one second. Just a reminder that Zach and I will be back tomorrow at noon with more news that you can use from YAA. We're here noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, Monday through Friday on the Ray and Zach channel. And then Saturday evenings on the YAA channel, we do a live stream, Zach and I, from uh, 7 until, well, he tells me we're done because that's the way my boss operates. Um, (laughs) Thanks, everybody. We'll see you all tomorrow. Thank you. See ya. Join us again next time. Which is probably tomorrow. To get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon.